So if you're a fan of Team India, it seems like almost every second day there has been a new hero over the last few matches in this in this test series and today was no different. I'm Karthik Ayer in the company of Andrew McGlashan and Devayan Sen speaking to you after the third day's play of Australia versus India from the Gabba. This is ESPN Cricket for Stump Mike. Devayan, let's get right to it. They are from 36 all out in Adelaide to 336 all out here. How things have turned for Team India? Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, the resolve that uh, they have shown right through this trip, uh, through everything that has happened, you know, the captain having to go back for personal reasons, uh, the spate of injuries, they could virtually field a second 11 or a first 11 with, with all the injured players. And in spite of that, whoever's come in has shown a lot of spirit, spunk, best exemplified today, of course, by Shardul Thakur and Washington Sundar. But there's something about this Indian team, obviously, that they just don't go down. And uh, it's been a fascinating series to watch. Uh, Australia still have a little bit of an advantage in terms of runs, but uh, if the weather stays clear, this could still be an absolute cracker of a finale to uh, see off this series. Hmm. Nasha, before we get to the day's play in itself, overall in the Test series, did you see this 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 comeback happening? I think we we last spoke after the Adelaide Test, where we were all praised for Australia and India had had one of those shocking days of Test cricket, but. Could you see this happening? I think if anyone says they could see any of what we've seen over the last <laughs> three or four weeks happening, they, they, they'd be lying or they should go and play the lotto. Um, one of those um, two things. I mean, it's just been an extraordinary series of, of changes of fortune and luck and if you want to use the word momentum and things like that. I mean, I think best um, exemplified by today, really. I mean, if you think about where India were at six down, they were still or at least 150 runs behind and everyone was thinking, well, look, Australia will be able to dictate the pace of the game. They'll knock the lower order over. They'll be able to dictate the pace of the game um, and take into account this slightly dodgy weather forecast that we have for the next two days. But that partnership that we've touched on already just turned the tables once again. Um, and now you've got to say that if the weather forecast plays out as we think it might, it's quite hard to see how Australia will conjure the result um, they need here. Obviously, cricketers, and we obviously, cricket and rain go hand in hand all the time and players will so often say that they don't take into account the forecast when they're playing a game. It's going to be really interesting tomorrow because uh, tomorrow's forecast looks slightly better than the final day. I going to be very interesting tomorrow how Australia play with the bat. Do they just play normally, which is, quite aggressively, well, no, I say quite aggressively, normally quite aggressively. Obviously, one of the hallmarks of this series has been how they've not been able to score quite freely. But we saw late we saw late tonight David Warner get a few boundaries away. It'd be interesting to see in the first session tomorrow um, if the weather is clear, whether Australia do put their um, uh, foot on the accelerator quite early. Um, and as Dubai sort of hinted at, it could be fascinating if the weather stays clear it could be a scenario where Australia sort of gamble a little bit on, say, being bowled out, not not dead cheaply. They don't want to gamble on being bowled out for 100 or something silly like that because that, that, that by and large, throws the game away. But do they, look to, do they look to push it slightly and sort of try and get that 200, 250 lead as quickly as they can and then see what the weather's like and see where the game is? But it's fascinatingly poised. And anyone who says they know what's going to happen over the next two days, I think is a liar. So, Nasho, from what you said, I think also what you're, you're hinting at there is David Warner is going to be key tomorrow. He, he, yes, I do think so. I mean, obviously, it depends obviously how long he stays at the crease. And I think we saw tonight that he's still 
nowhere near fully fit that single he had to dive to make before the close of play. I wouldn't be surprised if that's re-aggravated the groin injury um, a bit as well. He did not seem to be moving particularly freely in those last few overs. But we know, look, if David Warner bats for two hours tomorrow, he's going to have 80. He might even have 100. That's the sort even... And in some ways, a limping David Warner. Like I'm, Obviously, you go back in the years, everyone used to say a limping Gordon Greenwich, for example, be very wary of a player batting on one leg. We, we could see something like that tomorrow. He might he might think, look, um, throw a bit of caution to the wind, play himself in, but then a bit throw caution to the wind. He doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be having to run too many twos and threes um, or even quick singles. Uh, he may deal in boundaries, uh, and it might it might just be we see something miraculous from Warner tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if he's batting at lunch tomorrow, the game could look slightly different than it does right now. Yeah, if there's one day Australia once again need one of those centuries in a session by David Warner, it will be tomorrow. But let's get back to today, Dubai. And India started the day with their two most experienced batsmen, Rahane and Pujara at the, at the crease. They lost both of them in the first session. They lost Mayank Agarwal and Rishabh Pant early in the second session. And then came the partnership between Shardul Thakur and Washington Sundar. Deban, maybe it says this says a lot more about me than it does about Shardul. But I didn't know he could bat this well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and the style of batting, because he's been known in uh, domestic cricket and his few appearances in international cricket as a bit of a slogger. I mean, he he does get uh, he does hit the ball a long way. But he showed proper technique, and that 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 was the impressive thing about that partnership. Both of them showed good application. They were completely unruffled. The Australians, uh, in, in that frustration, which we saw also from the Indian bowlers on, on day two, they began to bowl it a lot shorter and trying to dismiss them. But they were absolutely unflappable. Uh, I think our colleague, uh, Karthik Krishnaswamy, made a very, very valid comparison. Uh, once uh, Sundar flicked one off his hips, he, he uh, recollected uh, Sadagopan Ramesh, who was India's opener back in you know 1999 when he made his debut against Pakistan. So that that was the quality of batting which uh, once on offered some good cover drives and again it emphasizes the fact that what I've been maintaining from day one that this is still a pretty decent batting wicket. So that is also something that Australia will have to account for not just the weather but also the fact that it will be difficult to get Indian you know ten wickets in the second innings and as uh, Nasher uh, correctly said it will have to be a very calculated uh, declaration should it come. Uh, how many runs will just ensure that the Indians are also tempted into going for their shots and, you know, maybe risking it. So, yeah, it's uh, really fascinatingly poised, but a superb partnership. I I honestly can't recall two Indian debutants who have done well in both departments. Because if you look at, uh, I mean, Shadul Thakur, of course, has one test match before, but we should write it off because he only was there for 10 balls. Uh, so, effectively, in their first real exposure to top-level cricket, all three Indian uh, players, you know, Shardul Thakur, Natarajan, as well as uh, Sundar, uh, they've taken three wickets each in the first innings and each of them had at least one in the top four. So that just tells you that they didn't get cheap wickets. Outstanding performance and to back it up with the bat and even Natarajan right at the end, a gritty sort of uh, cameo, just, you know, taking a few blows on the body. Absolutely. Hats off to the Indians. Nasha, I don't know if you know this, but Sadagopan Ramesh, uh, who Devan mentioned, went on <laughs> hey, to add... I, who, who doesn't know about Sadagopan <laughs> Ramesh? <laughs> I, 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 I'm a kid of the 1990s, so, um, uh, oh yes, I, 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 I watched a bit of uh, Ramesh's finest hours uh, in Indian colours. So, yes, I, 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 can't, I can't admit that that was the first play that came to mind when um, Sundar whipped that one off his uh, off yeah. his hip. But, but 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 here's what he has a few more fine fine outings on screen because he's a pretty big film actor in the Tamil film industry. He's a lead actor as well. So 
you can always go back and check out some of his movies they're probably there on youtube so. okay yeah i have to i i have to i i have to admit my knowledge of him stops with cricket i didn't know about <laughs> the uh, film side of it i'll plead ignorance on on that one but um I certainly do remember a few of his innings um, opening the batting. Yeah, he now stars as a lead actor in the Tamil movie industry. But again, let's get back to the match. It, uh, India at one stage, when Pant got out, Nashal, they were 186 for six. You had mentioned this earlier. Australia had scored 369. India were trailing by a lot. So where did it go wrong for the bowlers? Because Australia were bowling pretty well at that at that stage with Hazelwood, with Cummins. Yeah, I mean, I firstly, I think we have to give huge credit to the way Washington Sundar and Shardell Thacker bowled because it wasn't immediately that they came in and the bowling went haywire. There was still some very good bowling, um, certainly from Cummins and Hazelwood. Those two have been head and shoulders um, leading the way in the in the Australia attack. So, I mean, that that I mean raises the sort of the standing of that partnership that those two were able to put together. That it wasn't freebies on offer, really. Um, and I, I'd say there wasn't freebies on offer at any time in that innings. I mean, I guess we, we, we may talk about it a bit more in a minute, but I mean, there's clearly going to be a lot of focus on Mitchell Stark and Nathan Lyon um, in, in sort of the wash-up to how Australia bowled, not just in this match, but also this series. Um, I generally think people latch on to Mitchell Stark very quickly as a someone to say he had a bad day, he didn't bowl well, da, 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 things like that. I mean, it certainly wasn't his... Best state hasn't been his best series. Um, I think he can often be a bit of an easy target. Um, but um, I think, I, crucially, I think it's, it's how well India have played Nathan Lyon because what Nathan Lyon has so often given Australia is almost two bowlers in one. He's been a defensive bowler and he's been an attacking bowler. Now, it matters, it matters a little bit less these days because Australia have Cameron Green who can take a few overs off the quick bowlers, but he hasn't bowled that much. But so while Lyon hasn't really been taken to the cleaners in terms of an economy rate, but what he hasn't been able to do this series is take the bag of wickets that Australia would have hoped for. I mean, he's still still short of 400 wickets, and we don't know whether he'll now be able to reach that in, in, in his 100th test match. But, I mean, India obviously played Lyon superbly well, or I say superbly well, quite well two years ago. He did take a bag of wickets, though, in that test at Perth in the second test to help Australia level that series. It was only really in the last two tests where they absolutely got on top of him and nullified him on those very flat pitches in Melbourne and Sydney. So um, I think the way they've been able to counter line in this series has been superb. And both those lower order players um, played him very well either side of that new ball. He wasn't allowed to settle. Um, Thackor took the long handle to him at one stage, put him over mid on. And then I guess we've got to say the shot of the day is the no-look six uh, for, for, from Washington Ooh. Sundar, which, um, which, which Andre Fletcher would have been proud of. We might be seeing a few of those <laughs> in the next couple of hours at the MCG uh, tonight. But um, so I think in a way it's that. And I think I think perhaps that, I think so perhaps Lyon's performance, I think is the one. Um, and he's never bowled badly, but he's just not quite had that dip and flight and drift that, that, that makes him such a threat being what he is. He's just, a, I say just, he's a conventional off-spin bowler. He's one of the best, there's ever been on the verge of 400 wickets playing his 100th test match, but he hasn't had the impact this series that when you have large ever four-man attack, which is what Australia have, that you need your spin bowler to play that attacking role. He's not been able to do that in this series. Um, and that's a credit to how India's batsmen have played him. And that's the same with Sundar and, and, and Thakur today. So I think that was a, a big key to why Australia weren't able to 
to get through because by then the ball had gone soft as well. So Australia was sort Australia were in a bit of a holding. I think so. Australia had two bites to the cherry there to get through that low order. They were in a, a holding pattern till the new ball came along. Then when that new ball didn't make the breakthroughs, that that's where that day really changed because suddenly Australia were thinking, well, look, we thought we'd have broken through before the new ball. They didn't do that. Okay, we've got the new ball. Oh heck, we haven't broken through with the new ball now. What do we do? And this is where they lost the plot slightly. They they didn't bowl full enough. I know uh, kind of it obviously came into um, stark sort of attention when the it was only a short stand, but that last wicket stand, where was the Yorkers, uh, especially for Mitchell Stark, just couldn't get them on target or didn't even try them really, which is a surprise. So I think once the second new ball didn't work, I think that's where things went a bit awry um, for Australia. I know Ricky Ponding on the commentary we get out here, in Australia was almost losing his cool over some of the tactics from the um, from, from, from the Australian quick bowlers. Um, so I don't think it was ever really, really bad bowling. I just think there were some some tactical perhaps failures um, towards the back end of that innings. But I think ultimately you've got to say full credit to the way Sundar and Thakur played. Yeah, just to uh, uh, bring in that point about uh, the Australian tactics, there was a graphic, I think, soon after T, uh, that uh, somewhere in the region of 59 or 60 balls had been bowled by the seamers, and only two of them were hitting the stumps. And one of them actually fetched the wicket of uh, Shardul Thakur in the end. So this this can happen in test cricket. You can sort of get carried away and just lose uh, focus of the larger picture. Uh, because you've got to back yourself when you are, uh, you know, uh, three of the top uh, pace bowlers in the world, uh, then you've got to try and make the most of it. And... I also wanted to make a mention of how special that uh, no-look slog sweep was by uh, Sundar because it showed a lot of uh, great cricketing intelligence because he knew in that over that after four balls, the field had come in. He, had, he was trying to paddle the previous ball, but he had failed to make contact. And then to just have that sort of uh, clarity of thought, sort of knowing that uh, Lion would probably look to tempt him into a shot and just you know uh, ask him to have a go and then to pull off that kind of a shot. And it, it also brings me to one thought which I've had right through the series. And I think today was the confirmation of that. Uh, I'll just you know take that forward and maybe get uh, Nash's views on it. That India have for long uh, been you know obsessed with this idea of a seam bowling all-rounder. It's probably down to a couple of factors. One is obviously the overarching figure of Kapil Dev in Indian cricket history. That every uh, next all-rounder is always you know thought of as the next Kapil Dev. It's happened to so many of them in Pan Pathan. Uh, Iqbal Siddiqui, who actually opened the bowling and batting in one test match against England back in 2001. In Mahali, wasn't it? I believe that one. Blimey, that, uh, that, that takes me back a little while. Yes. So, so there, there's always been this discussion of the next couple days. But if you look at the current Indian team composition and uh, the reserves as well, what this uh, series and uh, the last two or three years have shown is that India has lots of depth in its pace bowling department. So that area will be always covered in many respects, even when India are playing at home. What they really uh, probably lack is quality spinners. And that's where somebody like a Sundar, I mean, he's, he's had this breakthrough performance and everything because of uh, complete like you know, luck, the fact that the others were getting injured and he got a chance in this test match. But it should make the Indian team management think on these lines that a spin bowling all-rounder is also an asset. Uh, he's been superb in this test match. Who knows? You know, Tomorrow, he might have another defining performance with the ball. And, and then it will just uh, reflect back on perhaps the best all-round performance, as I mentioned a little while earlier. I can't recall the last time an Indian shown with both bat and ball in their debut game. Maybe to an extent, Saurav Ganguly. I think he, I remember him plucking out a couple of useful wickets with the seam bowling in 1996. But yeah, this has uh, been really a superb debut from both of them. And it, it should uh, change a few mindsets about how uh, all-rounders are meant to be. I mean, obviously everyone thought 
um, how were, um, I know they've changed the balance of the side slightly for this game, but how are they going to cover for the absence of, of Avindra Dejeja, who's had such a, a key role? And just going back to Debine's point about the Indian side and the all-rounder, um, I mean, you, you look at Jadeja's numbers over the last number of years, they are stunningly brilliant all-round numbers. I mean, so I, I, I think it's a very valid point that, and I know obviously there's a lot of talk about whether Hardik Pandya comes into the mix again in Test cricket. Obviously, he has had his moments in Test cricket, notably bowled England out, didn't he, one day at Trent Bridge a couple of, uh, of years ago, although I think that was perhaps as much to do with some poor batting as it was outstanding. I mean, he bowled well, but oh, I'm not sure if it was quite uh, worthy of a five-week or but But I think I think it's a very interesting point about how India balanced their side going forward. And Washington Sundar has clearly given them another, whether it, it might, he probably isn't going to be option A, in the future, although we don't know how these players will pull up in time for the England series that follows in a few weeks' time, but but certainly um, it, there seems nothing to say that your your all rounder at seven can't be your spin bowling all rounder, and then you decide whether you want to play three spinners and two seamers or three seamers and two spinners, dependent on on conditions um, and kind of extraordinary story really of Sundar. I mean, it, it just we obviously haven't got time to go into it all now, but just kind of a handful of first-class games, hasn't played any for a number of years um, and then looks as home, look, looks very much at home in Test cricket. I know there's been some commentary on on social media during the day about the depth India now have um, in their cricket and where that's come from, whether it's part of the IPL and just that players feel more confident and more at home in, in pressure situations. But um, he's taken to it like a duck to water in the last three days. So he certainly put his name in the frame there to to not necessarily be discarded straight away, uh, depending on who's fit for the next test they play. It, it, it was pretty funny because when uh, Shahrul Thakul got out, I think someone made a mention that when Navdeep Saini walked out to bat, Australia now have to bowl to a guy who averages 92 with the bat in ODIs. So there, 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 was, there was literally no let up there. Another thought that came to me, the first thing when uh, Washington Sundar Devan, when he played that no-look no six, it was like the only reason he did that to sh- was to shield his eyes from the sun. Yeah, <laughs> I I could think of no other reason because it was it was right in his face, and if he looked up, it would have hit him right in the eyes. I know it looked cool, but I still think that is the only reason he didn't look up to hit that when he hit that shot for six. But this thing brings me back to Nathan Lyon at Dubai. We spoke about him yesterday. I think we've spoken about him since the second test, where we started questioning whether he's at his very best and. At that time, the, the consensus was maybe just give him some time. Brisbane was supposed to be his, his probably a match-winning performance for Australia and therefore a series-winning one as well. He's playing his 100 test. There is a bit of bounce in the deck. He should have been able to take advantage, but he hasn't. Uh, well, I mean, in, in many respects, uh, you, you have to look at the totality of everything, how situations have panned out, how Australia have approached most of the games. Uh, how the Indians have sometimes set fields which are a little bit more defensive for their spinners. Uh, Nathan Lyon, by nature, is a bit more attacking. Uh, as Nasha said, he, he is meant to fulfill both roles. So sometimes he's uh, used to just hold one end up and just allow the pressure to come in from the seamers at the other end. But uh, to give credit actually to the Indians, that they've played him really well right through the series. And it was set in motion pretty much from the first test match because that was a difficult pitch, especially uh, when India batted the first time in Adelaide. And that's when uh, particularly the, the partnership, if you recall, between Ajinkya Rahane and Virat Kohli, uh, they batted beautifully against uh, Virat, uh, against Nathan Lyon. They used the spin, uh, they, they smothered it you know, coming forward and making sure that they 
got to the pitch with the ball they played it around nicely milked him for singles because run scoring was very difficult on that on that deck in the first innings for both teams so right from that outset the 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 template was set to how they they needed to play out lion and even in the last test match in sydney i thought uh, r ashwin in particular was superb against nathan lion the way that he batted and that's just set uh, sort of uh, it 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 also affects the bowler in turn because your confidence isn't soaring as high because you're not running through sides as you sometimes you know tend to do but he still bowled well if you noticed i mean his figures he may not have picked many wickets apart from that uh, rohit sharma one but uh, he kept it tight for most part and again you have to give credit to the uh, indian batsmen today for having uh, negotiated him very well and when they got the chance to attack they did that and that's another aspect of sundar's batting which i really enjoyed today there were a lot of those risky drives that he was unfurling and each of them was technically a little risky but he was doing it with so much of confidence and nonchalance that uh, it would always go along the ground and it would uh, just about a few of them pierce the offside field sometimes they were fielded but that just showed how confident he was out in the middle and really it was a terrific exhibition of batting from both he and thakur Uh, Thakur's drive, especially the one that he uh, absolutely smacked off Mitchell Stark. Oh yeah, that was also one of the shots of the day. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nashor, is it is it plain and simply fatigue for the Australian bowling attack? They have played four Test matches now. Maybe it would have been worth making some changes. Australia usually make changes during a course of of a series. They haven't done it this time. I know James Pattinson got injured before before the third Test, but. would it have been worth looking at some other options oh potentially i mean i think there's a degree of hindsight in that uh, because they had a pretty short test match in adelaide what was that two and a half days and they bowled for what 80 18 overs in the second innings they then had um it was a three and a half day test in melbourne and then they had an extra long gap before the new year's test so clearly the efforts of last week in sydney are showing but i think just to say they should have basically you're coming into a deciding test of the series if your big three quick bowlers there was no way you were going to rotate them earlier in the series because they weren't they weren't tied i mean okay i say there's no way you could have so i i guess the series you're referring to about rotating them is perhaps a bit more of the 2019 ashes and in england and and that 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 was very much condition based that was a horses for courses that was a little bit less workload and a bit more kind of like these are the best bowlers for these conditions and I to be fair I think they actually overthought that they they brought Peter Siddle back for the last test when they should have just played they should have just played Mitchell Stark he bowled well at Old Trafford why they left him out again no one ever well that they so basically my it's a fine line that in terms of the rotating so kind of like you can see why they haven't done it and now clearly it is catching up with them this week Uh, but it kind of it fell their way this game. They they batted first, so they batted throughout the first day. They batted for m- most of the uh, and then half of the or at least the first session um, on the second day as well. So they had another day and a half's rest. So um, yeah, part, partly it will be a fatigue thing, but I think it's very easy then when things don't go the way of the bowling side like they did today. Suddenly, oh well, there's the fatigue playing a part. At 180 for six. There wasn't really fatigue playing a part then. Another couple of wickets, and India were bowled out for two hundred, and it's a very different game. So, I think I'm not saying it's not a fact. I'm just saying it, it can often be you can write a you can write a narrative to fit what you think has happened. And um, I think this day has played out because of the brilliance of these two low order partnerships. Um, and I think it was more Australia, perhaps just not taking their chances a little bit. 
tactically slipping rather than them suddenly being worn out um, because of an extra two hours in the field. Clearly, yes, they are feeling the strain, but this isn't the first time they've played back-to-back test matches. Um, so so I think I think clearly while it's a factor, I don't think it's been a deciding factor and I don't think necessarily saying that playing another player in their spot would have made a massive amount of difference. I mean, we'll never know. But um, I, I think kind of, I think it's a bit of an easy get out to say they're just a bit fatigued after back-to-back tests. Um, I think you've got to give a lot of credit to have the Indians play today, particularly that pair uh, in the low order. And look, Hazelwood and Cummins were bowling 140Ks pretty well in their last spell. As we've spoken about on this podcast already, it's been the performance of line and you can't say the tie well line might be fatigued but you're never going to rotate your spinner out because that just doesn't happen and yes the spotlight is going to come on Mitchell Stark I'm not convinced it's a fatigue thing with Mitchell Stark I think there might, there might be one I thought he bowled I thought he was pretty good to Rahane when he was bowling to Rahane yeah, I thought I he mean, really had the ball over him I thought in the first session today he drew the edge he could easily have had the wicket earlier they'd had had the four slip in earlier the interesting thing for Stark is he hasn't swung the ball at all this match. And normally at the Gabba, you would expect him to do that. I wonder whether, look, that may be a technical thing, but let's not forget as well that players aren't allowed to shine the ball really in this era of COVID crickets. And I'm not, and I don't think we've, no one's really delved into the impacts of that yet because some days it still swings, some days it doesn't. So maybe it's not entirely going to be, um, pardon me, how, um, how players are signing the ball or not, but um, again, it didn't. It didn't in the latter half of the day. It didn't go start. So I, look, I thought he bowled. I thought he was a bit mixed up in his plans. I don't think he targeted the stumps enough. You talk to Ricky Ponding, he'll say he didn't bowl short enough. So maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. Who knows? But um, it wasn't his best latter half of the day, like you say, Kartik. I thought his first spell of the day was very good. Um, so again, I don't think it's a case of the wheels coming off for Australia. There'll be some people that. Describe it that way because that's what people like to do and it's a good story. Um, but I think it's they were repelled by a lower order stand. They got frustrated. I think the key is, and I know we're coming to the end of this podcast, but we saw it last week in Sydney, that I think the key for Australia is if you can get them frustrated in the field, things can go wrong quite quickly for them. They're a team that doesn't keep their cool very well. Now, they didn't lose it outwardly today. There was no or not that we've heard, there was no Tim Payne swearing today or things like that, but you can tell in their body language and the way they celebrated in the way they celebrated those last couple of wickets, they were clearly fed up by the end of that day. And I think that's one thing that they can sometimes outwardly give off um, this Australian team that, because a lot of the time, let's not forget, this is a good Australian team. And certainly last summer, um, everything went their way. They won 5-0 against Pakistan and New Zealand. This has been a far harder ask. They haven't had it all go their own way. And I do think that shows sometimes. So I think maybe it's less technically sometimes and more just their body language and how they carry themselves where things sometimes slip in the field. Yeah, you're, pro- you're probably right. You know, I'll be singing a very different tune if Australia uh, and their bowling attack managed to take the 10 Indian wickets in the second innings and win the series. Devan, yeah, Devan, last thing, let's look ahead to tomorrow as we do on this podcast, your predictions for day four. Yeah, so uh, just interesting. I was just looking up uh, the uh, uh, the weather forecast for uh, Wulon Gabba, basically. And it suggests that there is pretty much a 50%, I mean, it, it's 40% to 60% chance of rain all the way from midnight tonight. So it's going to be an interesting day all the way through. Uh, there might be some stoppages, but we know that the Gabba is a good you know, raining ground. So 
even if we do lose overs i hope it's not say more than 10 or 15 at the most and then we could be in for a grandstand finish because australia it's up to them they need to win this match to uh, regain the border gavaskar trophy uh, they need to set the pace of this they need to figure out how many overs they need to bowl india out in and also make enough runs to put this out of india's reach but keep it uh, within their grasp just to make sure that they don't shut shop completely so lots of complex calculations that the australian management has to come up with Uh, from an indian perspective uh, it will be nothing like it if uh, somehow they can prize open this uh, australian top order tomorrow morning uh, especially if they can get labushain and uh, steven smith as early as possible because then there might just be a little bit of panic setting into australia because 33 at the end of the day is not a massive lead uh, it could have been much more as nash said could have been 150 could have been 100 all of that would have uh, meant that they were they would have been much more in control of this match but at the moment it's still quite finely balanced and it's just up to the indians if they can pick a few early wickets then they are right back in this game and probably in a position to actually dictate terms so a really interesting day to look forward to just put it this way i'll keep it very short and vague if we get anything like a full day's play tomorrow india will be batting at the end of the day tomorrow that is either either australia will be bowled out going for it or they'll have declared so um, and that all depends on the on the obviously if we get a lot of play lost to rain then that changes things where we get if we can get the majority of the day in tomorrow then an uh, india will be batting at the close of play uh, tomorrow come what may i imagine excellent we can't, we can't wait we hope we're looking more at the action on the field than the brisbane skyline nasho and devan thank you so much for joining us on stump mike we'll chat with you very very soon thanks guys